Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Time to talk football with the professor, John Clayton. We do it every day at this time with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle. If you guys have questions for John, you know what to do. Text those questions into 710-710. Try to get to some of your questions before we let him go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. Oh, all right, John. It's pretty bad. It was bad. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Dave and the listeners at the very beginning of the show. Now, we acknowledge everybody's complicit in this loss, Mm -hmm. but if we're slicing up the blame pie, who gets the biggest slice? Was it offense? Was it defense? Was it coaching? Was it uh, officiate? Whatever you think it was. Who gets the biggest slice? It was defense. I mean, again, they gave up 33 points, and they gave up uh, two touchdowns in the second half to allow the game to be tied. I mean, say what you want about the offense. No, they didn't run the ball very well. Uh, they threw, but you know, Russell Wilson threw for 343 yards, but it was 531 yards or so that they allowed on defense. And that was the problem. And again, you know, you, you can see a bunch of the problems on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, again, uh, they, they didn't run the ball well, but how many bad down and distance situations did they get either with a false start or, you know, a mistake here, a mistake there. That wasn't good. And I think also the protection was a little bit spotty because here you had uh, Damian Lewis playing with a groin injury and alternating with uh, Jamarco Jones, and then you know in the fourth quarter Brandon Shell ends up hurting his ankle, so I think that held things down. And then all of a sudden you start seeing the sacks come in. You know the one thing that Russell Wilson didn't do, which he should have been able to do, is do better on third down. But again, I think of a lot of it was down in distance because you know you look at the Titans; they last year were the worst team in the league on third. Down down conversions on defense 51.7 percent they gave up and then week one against Arizona they gave up uh you know they were the fifth worst in football where you know you come in and the the Seahawks were only able to do four of 12 on third down you know that obviously has to improve because this was a vulnerable team and you can see it with the way that they played I mean look at the long passes that uh, Tyler Lockett was able to get look at the Freddie Swain play I mean they were vulnerable it's just that uh in the end, on third down, it just didn't work. Boy, it sure didn't bother, you know, you were talking about the offensive line uh, problems Ugh. and injuries. sure didn't bother the Titans. Man, I mean, they come mm-hmm. in here, no Taylor Luan. Uh, Roger Saffold was in and out. He's probably their most reliable. I mean, he's in the third year of a $44 million contract mm-hmm. um, there, and so they were able to get it done. How How good would you say? Is this team uh, in you know going out into the rest of their schedule? What do you, is this a playoff team? You think? Oh, I think so. Yeah, because Indiana thinks going to make it because they're already zero and two, and now Carson Wentz has two injured ankles and they have to go to Jacob Eason. So I think they're in major trouble and they have three more games coming up against teams that won ten or more games last year. So they very well could be one and four by week five, and that can put them out, particularly in the AFC. But I think it, it's a it's a weird season. I mean, where I say it's a weird season is that think about the fact that uh, you know home teams right now is 15 and 16, okay? Now, Green Bay will win tonight. That'll put them at 16 and 16. And then in one uh, possession games, it's, uh, you know, 15 out of 16 have been uh, one, one possession game. So it's like... You just shake your head and you go, whoa. I mean, 15 times I think there's been one possession games, and so uh, it's crazy. 
We're going to Vegas. John says it's a done deal. Why play the game? Green well, Bay's going to win. Let's I, just get to Vegas. I guess we don't even. I don't even need to go home and watch the game. Though. No, you don't. It's like let's put it this way: it's Detroit. Do you want to watch it? Well, not really, but I do want to see the Manning broadcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going home to watch. I'm going to tape that one. I missed that. Did you get catch any of that? I can't remember. I did not catch it. No. It's yeah. pretty funny. The, John, you I, should I check it just out. A, a sliver of it. It was mm-hmm. pretty funny. ESPN two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Check let's. It. There's your homework assignment, John. Okay. See what you think of the Manning brothers. So I, John. I think they should get Cooper in there too. I'd like to. I don't know that I've heard the guy talk, so really I'd be funny. curious well, just to hear him with yeah. those two. That'd yeah. be fun. John, what? How much stock do we put into two games for anything? Whether a team's playing really good or really poorly or whatever, you know, we joke around about like we're watching highlights of Jameis Winston right now, who was atrocious yesterday. You know, and after the first week, I had people texting into me going, "Oh, Jameis, pretty good, huh, Bob? I guess you're wrong." And I'm like, "It's one game, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to say this is who he is moving forward either." He had the worst quarterback rating of his entire career yesterday. Uh, so, how much stock do you put into two games, whether somebody's playing really well or really poorly? This year, not enough. I mean, I just, I, I don't think you can do it. I think you have to wait about a month to at least sort things out. Because think about the idea. Okay, I mean, going into the season. Do we all agree that the AFC had a better chance to look better than the NFC? Because you have the older quarterbacks for the most part in the NFC. You've got all these bright young quarterbacks in the AFC and, you know, good young teams. And yet, if you look at the seven teams that uh, are, you know, 2-0, and oh, five of them were in the NFC. And then you look at the interconference matchups, and right now the NFC is winning it. And it's like, I didn't expect that. But again, I think a lot of it's because you have the ups and downs of the fact that you know, teams didn't play in the preseason. You have a bad week. You have a good week. All those different things. And then the injuries. I mean, the injuries are such a big factor. I mean, you, know, you look at San Francisco. Sure, they're 2-0, and but uh, it's getting worse and worse. I mean, they won 17-11 to in Philadelphia. But you know, they're down their top two running backs. Uh, Raheem Mozer and uh, Jeff Williams, and then you know they have three other replacement running backs, and they all get hurt on Sunday. I mean, Hasty, who is you know starting to do well, he gets a high ankle sprain, so he's going to be out for some time. I don't know how bad Mitchell's hurt, uh, but again, you know, it's like they were they were down to Trenton Trenton Cannon at the running back position, hmm. and so they only score 17 points. Yeah. Hey, uh, John, uh, it looks like Derek Carr is on pace to throw for 7,000 yards this year. <laughs> uh, 17 games. He's got over 800. And uh, surprising Raiders mm-hmm. going into Pittsburgh. I mean, that was a good win. Yeah, it was. And I, uh, you know, I gave them good grades for that win because, again, it was a very good win. And, uh, you know, but now the question is going to be, is Derek Carr going to play this week? because he suffered an ankle injury in the game. Nathan Peterman had to come on briefly to fill in for him. Uh, and right now, John Gruden says he's questionable. He says he thinks he's going to be able to play, but he's certainly not going to be as mobile uh, with that injury. So, uh, you know, it, it, that's got to be a little bit scary. But uh, you know, right now, thanks to Derek Carr and also thanks to Max Crosby, because Max Crosby has, you know, he's certainly not Chandler Jones. He's certainly not Aaron Donald, but he's one of the top three or four defensive players that start the season. Last week, he was defensive player of the week. He's a defensive end. Uh, he leads the league in pressures. He leads the league in uh, hits on the quarterback. I mean, he's really doing a great job, and that's helped him out because think about what the Raiders have just done. They've gone out against two of the playoff teams in the AFC North, and they've won. And again, it was a little bit of a high-scoring game against Baltimore on that Monday night uh, 
fun game to watch. And then they just went in and dominated Pittsburgh. You know, took away the offense for the Steelers. And so they're off to a good start. And all of a sudden, here's John Gruden, who's been rightfully criticized for three years with three losing teams, now off to a start where it's like, okay, he's 2-0 and and looking better. And, of course, uh, you know, the schedule was interesting. Uh, if you start to look at the schedule for most teams, it starts to get a little bit tougher in week three and week four. And that's where I think there's going to be a sorting out process. Boy, that was a great get. Max Crosby, you mentioned, John, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from what is it, Eastern Michigan or Central right, Michigan? Right. One yeah. of the Michigans. Yeah, one of the Mish. Yeah, and fourth round draft choice. So the guy had 10 sacks uh, his rookie year mm-hmm. and then seven last year. And then, as you mentioned, he's got two so far this year. What a That was a great find by. Uh, the Raiders. Yeah, and again, that's something that they have been short of is great finds in the draft because, you know, they took the fourth pick in the draft a couple years ago, and he was he's inactive. He doesn't even play. Then, uh, you know, a lot of the other guys in the secondary haven't been any good. I mean, but, uh, you know, I thought they drafted well this year because I know the second-round pick looks good at safety, and uh, they got a fifth-round pick, Hobbs, a cornerback who looks good. So, you know, they're picking it up a little bit, but they need to because, you know, you know obviously John Gruden's on a 10-year guaranteed contract contract at $100 million. Nothing's going to happen to him. But if they don't pick it up this year, Mike Mayock's going to be in trouble. And he's involved, for the most part, in drafting these players. John, I've got to give credit to Baker Mayfield. I read a story that he dislocated his left shoulder or separated his left shoulder during the game, and they popped it back in. He comes back out and plays like nothing's wrong, and they end up winning. And now it's the Texans they mm-hmm, beat, so mm-hmm. not, a, not a huge team in the way of an opponent. But Man, that's that's a tough guy move out there. Yeah, it really is. And that, I think, is encouraging because now what you're seeing is that, uh, you know, he he is tough. And I tell you what, I mean, you have to tough it out this week and week two in the National Football League if you're a quarterback, because look at all the injuries. Mm. As I mentioned, David Carr has his injury. Then you have the rib injury uh, that is affecting uh, Tyrod or hamstring for Tyrod Taylor. He's going to be out four weeks. Nobody knows how long two is going to be out with the rib injury. You've got two bad ankles right now for Carson Wentz. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it sorts out as this week progresses. Then, you know, I mean, they had to take Davis Mills, an undrafted guy down in Houston to fill in for Tyrod Taylor. Stanford guy. Well, boy, that'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you just hit on what I was going to ask you about. Uh, We were looking at a little crawl on the TV screen basically saying Deshaun Watson. doesn't really matter whether Tyrod Taylor's available or not. Watson's not going to play. No, he's not. So I guess why why wouldn't they put him on on the – is it up to the league to put him on the commissioner's exempt list, or why would they have him as an active member yet even in an emergency situation like this with Taylor out – they're not going to play the guy. Well, they're not. I mean, they, they're not doing an individual suspension, and they're not taking his pay away. And so, uh, you know, obviously they're hoping for a trade, but they're stupid in the standpoint they continue to ask for three first-round picks and two second-round picks because they're never going to get that. Uh, so, you know, again, this is the Texans. I mean, I know that they beat Jacksonville, and Jacksonville now has emerged with the Jets to be, you know, one of the two worst teams in football. And how bad did the Jets play yesterday? Oh, my God. It was awful. But, uh, no, I think that, uh, you know, the Texans are the Texans, and that's why they got themselves in such trouble. Boy, it doesn't get any easier for the Seahawks. Uh, you know, even though the Vikings lost, I guess they missed a field goal at yeah. the end. But you look at Dalvin Cook runs for 130 yards. And then Kirk Cousins was like 67%, uh, mm-hmm. 68% completion percentage, three touchdowns, no interceptions, man. 
that's uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be difficult next week. Yeah, it is. But they're zero two now, right? Yeah, they are zero two. And of course, I mean, you know, and I guess it was it was interesting because at halftime, you know, what uh, in a Tennessee game, you know, uh, Mike Vrabel says, "We'll find out who we are in the second half." And of course, the fact that they came back, they found out who they are is okay. It's pretty good. And now, if you're Mike Zimmer, I mean, your your job's on the line. I mean, you're sitting there zero and two, and if you go zero and three. Uh, it's not that he's going to get fired at midseason or something like that, but you're in trouble at the end of the year. And you know what's amazing is it, here's this great defensive coach, and I think he's a great defensive coach, but he uh, his defense is just getting torn apart. I mean, and that's you know it's like it's wow. I mean, you know Arizona was able to do a good job against it, and uh, week one they certainly struggled, and so now you know Seattle can definitely take advantage of it. You know they've got to tighten some things up, obviously, and they got to do better on the third downs. But uh, you know one thing that has happened is that Kirk Cousins seems to have struggled against the uh, better quarterbacks and in prime time games. Now this isn't a prime time game; it's a 125 game West Coast, so it's 3:25 in Central. But uh, no, this, this is going to be it's going to be tough, but it's still a winnable game because it seems like every year the Seahawks have to play Minnesota and they usually come out okay. It's always back and forth. It's like a, you know more games seemingly in Seattle than in Minnesota, but now this one is in Minnesota. Hey John, uh, back to the Seahawks defense for a moment. How much of that are you putting on Ken Norton? I mean, Ken Norton was great last week. I think that uh, this week it was execution. And again, you know, it's like. I mean, can you put on Ken Norton other than yelling at players, you know, stop making the penalties, stop getting the, you know, the late hits, stop doing the taunting. I mean, is that Ken Norton? Is that Pete Carroll? I mean, you know, and it has to be more on the players. But I mean, you know, this is where the over criticism starts to come in. Now, everybody wants to run uh, Trey Flowers out of town on a rail. Uh, Now they want to put the blame on Ken Norton Jr. But again, say what you want. I mean, this team had Jason Meyer not missed the extra point uh, and as good as Ken Norton was in being able to stop things and hold them to, to field goal drives and particularly stopping teams in the red zone and uh, stopping Tennessee, I thought he, you know, he did an okay job. Certainly, you know, the run defense fell apart and one, the one play certainly by, uh, you know, flowers and missing the tackle. That was bad. But in the end, I think, you know, Ken Norton has put some creative parts in trying to go some three defensive tackle you know, that seemed to work at times. In the first half, I mean, they took Derrick Henry and held him to 35 yards. Is that bad on Ken Norton's part? It was just in the second half, things seemed to fall apart. Yeah, I guess it just seems like if you're in charge, though, then that's typically on you, and most coaches will tell you that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it just – I thought also, you know, as far as – Bob and I were just looking at that play on the – it looked like Jamal Adams is blitzing, and I don't think he has that kind of freedom to just do whatever, you know, he wants to do. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what some people were asking. But I thought also, like, the entire D-line just got in, totally washed down. Yeah. I mean, that was, yeah, I mean, it, it's always, like, a team loss. The the taunting thing, John, I was thinking, you know, earlier, D.J. Reed, I think he defended A.J. Brown and effectively, you know, knocked the pass down or whatever, had coverage. He did the same thing, except he was just, you know, turned towards the crowd. Right. And I don't know, man. It's just that is such a picky penalty to me. It's like, Um, oh, you hurt the guy's feelings. You know, I mean, this is the NFL. These are grown men. I mean, I I feel like there's going to be some kind of a directive for the officials going forward. Hey, let's ease up off of these taunting. It's ridiculous. 
I mean, it, it, and again, it's like you're not there to go to a football game or watch a football game to see the officials throw flags. Yeah. And it's like a, you know, for nonviolent acts and things of that nature. Do we really need to see that? I mean, you know, I mean, I didn't see anything DJ uh, did other than make a turn and, you know, pump his hand a little bit with a little bit of a celebration. But how much of that was uh, DJ thanking himself for making a good play and how much it was on uh, the wide receiver. I mean, it's like, come on, what are we doing? You're trying to take the emotion out of the game. They want robots out yeah, there. No yeah. emotion. No, no, don't be animated. Don't celebrate. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's so dumb. It is so dumb. And the, the funny part about that is, is he didn't make a great play. No. The ball bounced off AJ Brown's hands. It mm-hmm. wasn't because mm-hmm. DJ Reed did anything. He got lucky on that. So, uh, you know, but just the, the penalty was bad. And then the officials in this game, you know, if we're if we're being honest, John, the Seahawks caught two very big breaks. One is yeah. the Julio Jones touchdown in the in the back of the end zone. We yeah. have still frame pictures that show. I mean, he, that's a touchdown. That's a touchdown. If you're being honest, mm-hmm. and then the the safety that should have been a safety, and they said, well, Russell's down on the one yard line. His momentum was stopped, or whatever the heck they said there. That was a safety. Yeah, yeah. I, I just the officiating yesterday was really, really odd. Mm-hmm. No, I would agree. And, yeah, and you can't say the Seahawks got screwed because no, no, no those were no. two that were pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting going back to Jamal Adams. Is that you, did you hear what Pete Carroll was saying today? Is that uh, he's they're working with him right now to kind of calm down his aggressiveness. You know, because whether it's going to be on a blitz, whether it's going to be on a tackle, whether it's going to be a hit on a quarterback, they're trying to control that a little bit more because I think that what they're looking at, and particularly with the penalty and everything else, that he's probably trying to do too much. And obviously, uh, you know, you can see that he's not going to blitz as much as he did last year, uh, although maybe blitzing in the game on Sunday would have been a better idea. But I think that, I mean, you can see that uh, what Pete's saying is that they're trying to control that a little bit more. Because, you know, say what you want. I know he's a three-time Pro Bowl player. He's the highest-paid safety in football, and I think he's a great player. I mean, I could see a Hall of Fame career coming from him. But he's still a work in progress. I mean, again, you know, he comes off the uh, – you know, the New York, New York Jet team. Now, again, he had a good coach in Greg Williams, but also, I mean, this is a Jet team. It just was terrible. And so it's like, uh, you know, he still has work to do. Hey, um, yeah, you mentioned the Jets. We talked about that earlier and what a uh, disaster that was. Four interceptions for Zach Wilson. Oh, I know. Oof. Yeah, I mean, is of, of the young guys, who is, who's, who's maybe played the worst, do you think? Oh, it's, it, there's no it, doubt it's Zach Wilson. Zach, yeah. I mean, you know, Trevor Lawrence – no doubt has struggled. I mean, what, he had two picks yesterday. I think it was sacked three times, and he didn't complete 50% of his passes. But Mac Jones did a good job because they were able to dominate the Miami Dolphins. Now, he didn't get the ball downfield enough, but he did. And then, you know, it was and, – and here's the predictable thing on Justin Fields. Now, Fields had to replace Andy Dalton when Dalton uh, had the knee injury, but you can see he's going to hold on to the ball too much. And with that offensive line, that's going to be dangerous for him. And, you know, where I'm where I'm getting to be worried, you know, when you have the four or five quarterback injuries like we watched yesterday, how many more are going to happen? And how's that going to change the game? Yeah. Hey, John, uh, quickly, a couple of people texting and asking about Richard Sherman. We saw the reports that mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Bucks have some interest in him. Uh, it, it would seem a good spot for him. He's going to go to a great team, a team defending Super Bowl champs, if he were to go there. And also, I haven't heard about any other team showing interest in him. No, there's, no, there, there's. I mean, you've got uh, you know, Sean uh, 
Murphy Bunting, I mean, he's uh, on the injured reserve list, so they have an opening for a cornerback there. You know, New Orleans is desperate for a cornerback, and they've inquired, because remember, it's like uh, not only did they lose Jackrabbit to the Tennessee Titans, but I mean, you saw the two cornerback changes that they made, and, uh, you know, they, they've got problems down there. And then Marcus Lattimore, with a thumb surgery, he had to go on injured reserve. So they're, they're looking at him. San Francisco's looking at him because you know that uh, Jason Verrett is on injured reserve. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've missed Emmanuel Mosley for the first two weeks, although he should be back this week. So uh, And then Seattle, I don't know where they stand on him. but uh, Pete they, said they haven't inquired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they, they have not inquired. No. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, and you can see that he's working out. He's hopefully he's trying to straighten out his life, but there's definite interest in him. Where does he land? I don't know. I mean, right now, uh, I mean, you know, I guess you know if he if he wants to be on a winner, it would be Tampa Bay. But then the problem is, what are they going to pay him? I mean, because again, they don't have a lot of cap room, and I don't know if Richard is going to play for the discount. I mean, we saw that uh, you know KJ Wright weighted things out, and uh, he didn't. I mean, he had to do it at three point two five million, and I don't know if Richard will play for that low of an amount of money. But uh, I don't know. There's no way that I think the the Bucks can pay three point two five million. John, we appreciate it. We will uh, talk again tomorrow. Okay, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill. Download the podcast at 710sports.com. Coming up, Seahawks pre- and post-game host Michael Bumpus will join us to break down the game and everything that went on. That's coming your way next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.